good sis. Baba. Baba, what the hell? Baba, what the hell, Baba? Whatever happened to predictability? The milkman, the paperboy, the evening TV. Most of my familiar friends waiting just around the bay. Everywhere you look, everywhere, pitching time, Everywhere you look, everywhere. There's a place, there's a place. Healing on something. Was that Family Matters or? When you're lost out there when you're all alone. What was the other one with the with Mary Kate and Ashley? Full House. Yeah. Was that oh, Full was House like or Mary Kate and Ashley? But you're right. Yeah. <laughs> was lion. that um? The lion is waiting to carry you home. Is that what they say? The lion is waiting. I doubt to carry you it's home? the lion. The lion is waiting to carry. Is that Family you Matters home. or? No, full uh, it's Full House. Family Matters full starts with this. House <clears throat> lyrics. Not lyrics. Let's yeah. go to the theme song. No. Just play Whatever it happened to predictability? The milkman, the paperboy, evening TV. Everywhere you look. Oh, no, that's not how it goes. All right, hang on. A light, a light is waiting to carry you home. Oh, when you're lost out there, Close and you're though. all alone. Uh, it's, well, it sounds like they because they change the syllables. It's like a light, a light is waiting. To carry you home everywhere you look but the family matters theme song was the was the best because it started with a sneeze oh because urkel sneezed no i don't know if it actually was a sneeze oh but it sounded like it in the song it's probably just like a snare roll or something when we were working at gold class together urkel yeah urkel came in jaleel white and i served him uh tater tots you spilled the plate on you no 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 because you were nervous uh, also, too, <laughs> funny enough, uh, Pat Monahan came in. Oh, did you tell him that? I did. When we were on tour with him this summer, I was like, bro, this one time. I was a bus boy. I was a bus you. boy at uh, Gold Class Cinemas, and and uh, you came in with your wife, and I remember being like, yo, dude, that's Pat Monahan from Train, bro. I'm going to talk to him. And um, he was like, I, yeah, I, I remember you. I didn't. No, <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. But he was like, he was like... <laughs> Steve, I think you got to turn your mic up. Uh, I, um, I didn't say anything. But first thing when I told him on tour, he was like, "Was I nice?" And I was like, "Yeah, you were great." Was he super nice? Yeah, he was super nice. He is just kind of a nice guy, right? I'm sure that he's been mean in his life, but yeah, he's super nice. He was super nice to me. He was super nice to my squad. Who uh, was it that was talking to Tim, your production manager? Is that what Tim is? Yeah, Tim Burke. Yeah, Tim Burke, dude. Shout out Tim Burke. Love Tom Burke. I want to go to puppies. Uh, he was saying that when you guys <laughs> were on that train puppies. tour, <laughs> that uh, he like was having lunch and like a uh, catering at one point, and like the, he got stuck sitting next to Pat Monahan. Like, just he knew that Pat had wanted nothing to do with him at all, and but they were like sitting next to each other, and he was like he was just talking about how awkward of this like fifteen minute moment was trying to like get out any kind of conversation with Pat. He <laughs> yeah. just felt like such a fucking dork. Yeah, we were, we were both sitting at the table. Oh really? Yeah, we were with like the band, and then you know crew were later to eat, and we get in there, and the band's done, they leave, and Pat were like Pat sits, and the band's still there, and it was like Swatty and Griff, I think. And then Swatty and Griff, Griff left. Griff left with Musty, and Swatty, of course, just left because no fucks. And then it's just me and Tim, like in our sweaty black shirts, like, "What's up, Pat?" 
how's your sirloin? <laughs> we have do you guys, nothing in common. Is are, do, do do like big bands get like a high, like a nicer meal than than like the, <laughs> the smaller band? Wouldn't that be hilarious <laughs> if there was like? Well, that's like because I was who who is that talking to you about like, like oh lev- that's what levels of that's catering. what Chad White was talking about like the I mean it's obviously like in a ship on the, like navy ship. The captain is getting like his own chef to have them prepare the meals and stuff like that. Yeah, it's not like that in on on <laughs> tours. It's just like you guys. Well, get, like, I don't a know. Hungry. We did. A, I did. A, John Mayer in catering. I'll tell you that. What'd you say? Yeah, he probably had his own personal chef. Uh, I think Daryl Hall had his own personal chef. This guy that toured with him. I don't. Funny thing about it is, I'm not sure that the personal chef was making Daryl anything really good. <laughs> right. <laughs> Corned beef hash. He was just putting cilantro on whatever was in catering. Tic Tacs. He's just putting some extra Himalayan rock salt on the brownies. Bringing it in. He's like, Aju. Salt brownies. A la mode. Temperature, you keep your Aju at. Yeah, I think. If I were to guess, uh, um, there wasn't incredible meals happen. Although uh, Daryl has Lyme disease, so uh, which I'm not. Yikes. I think that's open knowledge. I hope. <laughs> Yikes! You know what I did see though? Yes, an, an article yesterday that they're like in the final stages of a Lyme disease vaccine. Cool. What that could like eradicate Lyme disease forever? Where does Lyme disease come from? Well, I think it's spread mo- most frequently in ticks. Yeah. Right. Um, we don't have it super bad on the West Coast, but on the East Coast, it's gnarly. I think that's how yeah. you go out in the forest on the East Coast and everybody's just like, you got to pull your socks up to your yeah, knees. Yeah, you do. Me and my ex-girlfriend went out a bunch of times and her dog would get... We so get bad. it, you date. You can you can get it out here too, but... <laughs> Shout out ex-girlfriends. Uh, you can't, I mean, you can get it from ticks regardless. I think there's a higher frequency of it happening on the East coast than over here. But, uh, yeah, I thought that was super cool. It was like, oh man, because I've had been around a few people who had Lyme disease and it was just like, oh God, it's just a bugger. You're just tired all the time and you don't crud. Can't keep on weight. And you guys ever had bed bugs? Uh, not that I knew of. No, I've had them. Tommy, Tommy has. I think it's like a rite of passage in New York to get bed to bugs. get bed bugs. Me and my well, you're gonna just make fun of me again. And my previous ex girlfriend to the most recent one uh, got a bed for fr- a mattress for free yeah. on Craigslist, mm-hmm. and so we like went to somebody's house and just like took their mattress when we were young. It was such a bad idea because obviously it was not clean mattress. <laughs> yeah. The bugger and about we, it was that it was, uh, he picked it up from outside and it had been out there a week. <laughs> yeah. No, it was Look inside. But, uh, you paid the cost for a free Yeah, dude, they're, they're scary, man. Oh, yikes, so dude. You see one and you just, like, you gotta like literally torch your whole room on fire. What's, what's interesting happens. though is like bed bugs, like, wouldn't there be couch bugs too? It's the same thing. Chair bugs? I, are they the same, are they the same insect? I don't know how they wind up in the bed, but yeah, I mean, yeah, that, what like couch potatoes <laughs> no like why just the bed why wouldn't uh, why wouldn't you hear about more people like yeah dude i just like had this i'm, I'm, sofa sure, they exist, had, I'm sure they exist in sofas as well i feel like you catch most things in bed really i mean put just, it together <laughs> blood stains on your sheets or pillowcases dark or rusty spots of bed bug excrement on sheets or mattresses Ugh. yikes, yikes. 
Yeah, dude, we used to have rats and bed bugs. It was messed up. It's not even rats. It's just like little mice, like little grape-sized mice just like running through your room, just shouting out. They were like, as big as all. grapes? They're tiny, man. <laughs> as big as grapes or as small as grapes? You mean? Grapes are huge. No, they're not. No, they're not. What? Are, are we talking about the same fruit? If there's a bed bug the size no, of a grape. No, I'm no, talking no. about mice. mice. Oh, mice. <laughs> oh, I was like, what? You got a bed bug no, the size was, of a grape, bro? You no, got no, 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 no. issues, I was, dude. I, was, I had bed bugs and mice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's you live in New combo, York, bro. Gnarly combo. Like, what do you expect? Greatest city yeah. in the world. Yeah. We got raccoons in this part of the country. You guys have raccoons in... Mm-hmm. Do you like how I pronounce that? Raccoons? Raccoons. Raccoons? Do you have them in New York? I think so. Yeah. Uh, yes, I've seen them on uh, uh, the fire escapes before. I always feel like there'd be. We bigger. had one of those on two fire co- escapes. Yeah, I put a <sighs> bunch of stuff out on my fire escape, uh, like whatever it was, just garbage, and uh, a long time ago, and and there was like a a raccoon that had come up and was like going through the garbage and trying to get it, and it's like at the window in the morning. The window was like facing the window. No uh, way. Bed. Oh my god, <laughs> dude! I was when I was cutting that my self-titled record, mm-hmm. that brown one that I made. Uh, remember, we stayed in Lior Goldenberg's yeah. like house uh-huh. that he had his studio in, and I went outside one night to like smoke a cig, and there was this tree in his backyard that had like relatively low-hanging branches, and I'm like out there. I was out there like. I mean the cigarette was almost gone So that's how much time I had been out there The branch is literally Three feet from my face But I did not look at the branch at all Until the end of the cigarette I look up literally three feet from my face Is a possum Just right Just looking at me With those little beady devilish eyes Yikes Just like you make one more move forward bro I'm gonna jump on your face <laughs> What's a po- what are, are possums like vicious? Probably right Oh I mean no. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> bro. If you what are we talking? Are we talking about the same animal? Yeah, I mean, look, I was I was asking. They look scary. They're, they're, they look scary, but they're nice. They are not nice. They are not nice, bro. If you corner a possum, don't you know? Never can you tame a possum? You know, like the term, right? Playing possum. Yeah. Yeah, they like play dead. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that doesn't sound that vicious to me. Yeah, <laughs> listen, I can play dead, and I'm vicious. Alan's <laughs> looking up vicious possums, <laughs> just so that he can prove mouth. it. Bro, look at this vicious <laughs> possum. Get this on the screeners. Look at this. Oh, nards, dude. What's gonna do? Oh, it's gonna get scary. Is what's really? Gonna do. You yeah. think so? Yeah, this is a vicious possum. <laughs> this is. Oh, I'm on the edge of my seat. Possum. Dude, Why are you getting your so camera my, dude. This is better than Inception. Uh. Yeah, he's not playing dead right now, is he? No, <laughs> yeah, he is. He's just hiding. <laughs> no. Come on, dude. This is a vicious possum. Att- I mean, it's going to happen, I think. Do something, you freaking possum. <laughs> Fast forward a little bit. I can't. What if what I miss you? it? Oh, no. What are you doing, bro? Do we have sound on this? Yeah, can't you hear it? Oh, yeah. I thought that was just Steve opening up his Snickers bar. <laughs> I'm a Milky Way guy. Uh, I'm a Twix oh, dude. This guy's like pestering it, bro. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, when's it going to start giving the snissies? Yeah, I want to see. I want to give the little Ulysses vicious, S. Dude. Grant vicious. I just want to see him oh, open up his face right and go right here. <laughs> 
Noche, dude. I think we're this coming to the conclusion that possums are all. He just so, got uh, up and walked away. <laughs> oh my god! Was I right or was I right? You were, and, it's, and you know what? It's cute. It's Bro, cute. I just got click baited. <laughs> damn, Alan! Vicious possum attacks. That dude. was vicious, not. Vicious oh, this attacks. one is giant possum. Oh, damn, world dude, record. That. What's good, Greg? Gang? Yes, dude. I like this guy a lot. Rages forward. I hate him. No one is safe. He not showed me, up with you, bullets. And not even peanut the savage. If we Bro, who is this kid? We gotta get him on the show. Right under our note. There won't be a chicken safe from here to the eastern seaboard. Bro, and let me just tell Kendall you, Gray as as here, has 1.5 million followers on YouTube. I want to see just the possum getting crazy. Is over. There it is. There it is. It's huge. This thing oh. is stinking huge. He's good oh. color in the back too. He's a real nice gray possum. Is that? He's extremely old. I'm gonna go ahead. Is that taxidermy? No, it's a real possum. down to where we can safely transport him out. Okay. Is this even a possum or is this a bobcat? I can't tell. <laughs> We're gonna give him some time to settle down because he's like he's trying to eat me. Usually possums aren't like that. Who is this guy, bro? What's his name? Kendall Gray, Gray man. He is very exciting to be around. <laughs> for the last two weeks or something. <laughs> bro, I want to party with Kendall. <laughs> Kendall Gray. Yeah. So I guess I was wrong, huh? <laughs> yep. We, I mean. We, oh, look at this. No. That's a possum I bite. I, I guess wanna, I they do bite. That. that looks gross. Yikes, dude. You got rabies now, player. Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> that's what, gnarly. What animal would you... What's Of the big animals that you can think of right now, what's the, what's the last one that you'd want to encounter in of the, the wild? Big, of the biggies? Like biggies. Like I'm talking bears, lions, tigers, elephants, hippopotamus. Oh man, dude! If I saw a rhino in my, in uh, my rhino's sight, not rhino's not uh, charging me. That, that ain't nothing. That ain't nothing, dude. If a rhino they can't run lateral. Honestly, I think like a smaller animal would scare me more. Really? Like what? Like a possum, or like a like a I don't know, like a raccoon, like something like a skunk. Even I'd be fucking. Isn't terrified it interesting of. how much more afraid we are of, uh, like rats than deer yeah because we've never lived in a lifetime where rats have spread any kind of legitimate disease oh yeah but i'm terrified i see a rat i'm terrified oh my god dude we, me when we found this rat in this mouse in our apartment mm -hmm. i swear to god like my whole you screamed physicality like my my behavior as a human being changed altogether like i i jumped up on my bed my my girlfriend at the time had this broom that she was ready to like swat it with i picked up the carpet that was on our floor and we had it cornered i was like all right you're gonna throw the broom and this has been like two hours of just like up at 4 30 in the morning just like <laughs> eyes wide open freaking out and I was like, you throw the broom over into the corner. It's going to scamper out. And then I'm going to drop the rug on and I'm going to stop it. And she was just like, God, Julian, what are you talking about? Good God, It's just like a lady. little tiny grape of a mouse. Like just so sweet and so scared. Oh, man. Those things scare me, man. They scare me. <laughs> Good God, Good God lady. lady. I hope Satan himself... <laughs> 
Yeah, that's just uh, you know, that's just the what you get used to when you live in New York. Those those little rats. we don't we don't have them at our at our spot now, but we did have uh, little baby cockroaches coming in through the dishwasher, which was weird. Mm. It's a weird place for them to come through. Yeah, um, I've heard that. I watched this documentary called Rats on Netflix. Have you heard this? <laughs> I saw Ratatouille, the Pixar fantastic film. So good. Yes, yeah. su- super good. Uh, not this, not the movie I'm talking about. <laughs> the one I'm talking about is called Rats. <laughs> you, I'm just wondering, like, why you were going through, like, like I'm just seeing you, like, flipping through Netflix. And I, know, I heard like, a gu- I heard rats. a couple good, re- good, nice, good reviews. <laughs> I'm gonna watch Rats. Apparently, uh, there are more rats in New York City than humans by like five or six times. Somebody was telling me there was also another crazy statistic on that documentary. I'm gonna get it wrong, but like the 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 metric weight of rats in New York city outweighs like the buildings or something. It was like, just a, a crate, a, huh. a thing that I couldn't believe. Yeah. It's uh, it's yeah, it's a lot. I think even five or six times more than the population of people mm. is, is actually inaccurate. It might be more like a lot more than that. Where do they all go? Sewers. Yeah. What if they just had like a sick ass night glide? Like, remember like Studio Fifty Four? Yeah. You know, like there's just a down boogie in Studio Thirty Four, just, just down in the shaking their rump <laughs> tail <laughs> feathers. They're getting down. Like, yeah. hey, Tommy got some of this Swiss <laughs> leftover from breaking. They're living the dream. Every street's covered in trash. Yeah. Sometimes when you're like, if you if you go into the subway at, at the right time, you'll you'll see like a hundred in one standing, just like waiting for the subway, just. They're everywhere. Yeah. God damn, dude. Especially when the garbage is on the street, right? Like after, there's always garbage on the street, no matter what. Are you? Uh, you're going back to New York soon. Mm-hmm. I have heard a few. You, you're got more friends over there now that would give you a description of what New York is like right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard other descriptions, just kind of on podcasts of people who live in New York. They're like, yeah, it's kind of, kind of wild right now. Uh, what what are you hearing about the situation in New York City? I think it's I think it's kind of just back to normal. Like Laura was just there, Steve's girlfriend. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, she was saying that it seemed kind of like relatively open. I mean, it's just cold there now, so places have like outdoor seating and stuff like that, and other things like that. But I mean, the the city's at full capacity. That city is nonstop nonsense of like you can't move around trying to like get through Manhattan. Um, and I'm, I assume, uh, that's, that's been cut down significantly so that mm. like just the population of people out in that city right now isn't as much, but I was out there in October and there was a bunch of people out moving around and everything looked clean and like, I mean, it never looks clean in New York. It's in certain it, places it, it, like well, Manhattan it is clean. clean. It, it, no, it doesn't. Manhattan does. Yeah. Like in comparison to certain parts of the yeah, city. Yeah. That's a weird thing about like. New York City altogether is that it is like actually a clean place because like the their garbage system how they I can't imagine it's so gnarly dude. do, do they just so, ship do we ship it off to China or where, where does I don't it go? know where it goes but there's like independent uh, garbage companies that come through like oh, into yeah, different course. like not only different boroughs but like different like because they can only operate in like a block because it's so much I can't every block. I feel like that should be uh there's all this talk during the um, presidential election of like universal basic income. 
Did you hear about this idea? Mm-mm. Where I think it was Andrew Yang who was he dropped out relatively early in the race, but he had some like pretty decent support at one point. He was talking about universal basic income, essentially like each American citizen would get a specific amount of money to cover costs. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could debate whether or not that's a good idea until the cows came home. But one idea that I heard in contradiction of that was like a year of service after just any American would spend a specific amount of time. A lot of people do it for the military, right? They'll go to the military for four years and then they get college paid for. Mm -hmm. And I've always thought that that would be such a great idea for, I mean, if I was 16 years old and then I was forced to do it, I would be pissed. But like, in between high school and college to make, you know, like just four or five different occupations that you had to go do. But at the end of it, you got 20 grand, you know, 30 grand that you could like legitimately go travel with or mm-hmm. go start a business with, or cause the universal basic income, the idea is like about 12, a thousand to $1,200. I think it was between like eight and $800 and $1,200. It's like, okay, well that would cover your cost, but you can't really do anything with that. Mm-hmm. So you'd still have to like work. Right. And the idea about service was you get a lump sum that would allow you to potentially get some type of self uh, motivated business off the ground, which I think is a great idea. But garbage man, I think if we all had a real proper understanding of how much we throw away, mm-hmm. I think, I me mean personally, just like for the first time owning my own house, there's only like three people in my house, me, you, Taz, and Rudy, mm-hmm. and we fill up that garbage. It's filled to the brim every week. Yeah. I'm like, okay, so there's like a hundred, there's like 300,000 people in Spokane. There's seven, Christ, where's it all going? Dude, I mean, just every single day walking through Manhattan, you see stacks of garbage up to uh, higher than you stand tall. I can't fathom it. And it's just, and it's just a daily thing. And uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy. And um, you know, my roommate and one of our closest friends, I'll, uh, Steph is, you know, super, super conscious of that and being waste conscious and and not good. And and I've gotten, I've gotten a little bit better. I can't say that I'm great at it but she'll like slap me if I don't recycle something or if I don't like compost something properly if I don't seems a little harsh (laughs) well it is (laughs) I got the bruises to prove it bruises to prove it (laughs) shout out to Brown and Third baby (laughs) such a good name for a song bruises to prove it I got the bruises to prove it Damn, dude. Uh, I got bruises to prove it too, man. Um, so you're looking for apartments right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a bunch of cool stuff out there right now. It's it's always, it's like such a diamond in the rough kind of situation. Like you can find, I'm seeing all these things and it's just like cool. Like these all look kind of standard and whatever. Because every apartment in New York is just like, if you're spending a certain amount of money, it's just like, you, could, you know what you're going to get. It's like, you know, mm. relatively small. You're you're not getting what you're actually paying for. If you're coming out here and spending that kind of money, you're going to get a fucking mansion. Um, Maybe not a mansion, but you, you're going to get just, it's your dollar goes a lot farther, buck, right? farther in places like Spokane. Yeah. Uh, 
but you know, that's what happened with my spot that I'm in currently is that I was looking around. I was like, all right, cool. This is my budget. This is what I'm looking for. And my roommates that I had back then, Steph and her boyfriend, Nate, were like, all right, we want a backyard. We want a dishwasher. We want high ceilings. We want exposed brick. We want washer and dryer in the unit. And those things all sound like reasonable requests. But in New York, it's just unheard of. You don't get all those things for right. like a budget that's as low as what they wanted. Right. But somehow I found that and uh, now we've been spoiled by that. And so we're trying to find something similar to that. Um, but it's exciting, man. It's exciting to got any keepers. Move. I got a couple keepers, man. I got a couple hearts that I got on my on my app that I've been looking at, and yeah, Steph and I have been bouncing back and forth and showing each other spots, and yeah, it's cool. It's exciting to be like maybe we're gonna be in a new neighborhood, and like once you move into a new neighborhood that's in New York, you start to like discover so much about oh, God. that it little area. Imagine, yeah. It's so cool, man. Do you gonna get a new Papasan chair? I might. Yeah, maybe. I'm going to get some stuff. We talked about that I know, that we talked recently. about that. Uh, Steve, have you come up with any other ideas as to what type <laughs> of stuff old old uh, Jeremiah Paul Donis over here should be getting? <laughs> obviously, besides, Jeremiah Paul obviously besides anal beads. Uh, he has those. <laughs> I don't have those. I'm scared of that type of stuff, dude. Yeah, that's, that's a deep, dark hole, I think, that maybe you should stay away from. I've just never even Are entered. Are you talking to the anal beads? Yeah, yeah, I'm just talking about that world, that whole world of like... BDSM. BDSM and cherries in your mouth. and what? I don't know. Those, they, mouth? those are like straps that they like put around. There. I've seen them in movies. I like saw one picture with like, like a woman with like some tight leather outfit on and a chair in her mouth and that's what you associate all no, this no, with. No, she didn't and have a it. whip. It's a gag, right? It's like a the, I've seen them in yeah, chairs. Ball, ball gag. Yeah, ball gag. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah. It's like what they put uh, in a pig's mouth during a luau. Yeah. It's that's so funny, man. Like, I've walked into sex shops, you know, various times in my life and I always walk in and I'm just like... <clears throat> <laughs> you giggle. Yeah. It's just like the guys behind the or the girl behind the counter is always just like, like very informative and like very cool and yeah. protective and like, oh god damn it, dude! Another one of you fucking assholes coming into my store. <laughs> coming in here to giggle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just proves how immature I actually am. <laughs> but I would uh no I wouldn't I I'm not I'm not in I'm not into the. You ever gotten into like Pez? <laughs> <laughs> the candy yeah yeah i love that stuff you maybe get into that oh you're still trying to get me into stuff you're saying i'm, just, I'm gonna get some stuff yeah i'm just gonna i when i yeah we had a conversation about this on one of the other podcasts and i think like be me saying i want to get some stuff is just like i just want to have some things now to like have yeah. Like in my space that are mine that I keep. But are are you going like furniture? Are you going maybe paintings? furniture? Maybe furniture? Maybe paint? Maybe yeah. I'd like to get some cool art. Some art. Um, mm. Yeah, I'd like to get some like like music recording equipment. Um, some some mics. Some like some just some stuff. I want like set up just, an office. Just get one mic. That's fine. That's all you need. Just one mic. Uh, yeah, I might get like a little mini keyboard or steal one of yours that you have if sitting you around. Touch my here. mini keyboards. I'm gonna probably steal like 17 more of your <laughs> shirts that fit me nice. Um, you can take a shirt or two, but don't you take my midi. Come on, give me a midi, dude. Um, actually, haven't used midi in like a century. It's all like this USB now. 
well, I don't really know what I'm even doing with any of it, but I feel like if I just had like a little keyboard to like kind of play around on and yeah. like make beats on. I think everybody should. It's fun. It'd be fun, yeah. Especially now nowadays with the DAW um, technology, anybody can make a song that sounds like a song on the radio. Yeah. Like it, literally, and my mother, Yeah, you give her a half an hour lesson, at the end of it, she's got a three-minute tune that mm-hmm. sounds like Amigos song. <laughs> yeah, I it was. Have really... you listened to like? Um, sorry to interrupt you. That's okay. Uh, I'm different. Yeah. I'm. Di- you know uh, uh-huh. what's this guy's name? I don't know. Steve, you know what I'm talking about? Just look no. up. I'm different on YouTube, and I'm sure it'll come up. Uh, it's a big tall guy, hip hop artist. He's different, dude. If you listen to the track, it's like so simple. Like I'm kind of, this is not meant to be disrespective. It's literally just like knowing the DAW software. Like I think Rudy could make that beat. Yeah. It's just, it's like the same drum loop, which is boom. 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 And there's just a piano in the background. Doing. Ding. Dong. Dong. Ding. Ding. Dong. Ding. Dong. Dong. Two chains. Two chains. There you go. Two chains. Yeah, it's two chains. The two chains. I'm not gonna play it on here, or else we, can't, I mean, we'll probably get pulled from YouTube. But, uh, yeah, I think I would encourage anybody. Just a fun way to get creative. It's a fun yeah. way to like make stuff. Yeah, and and yeah, I mean, I was pretty. I was making some music uh, in the beginning of quarantine, like more more writing and like doing like rapping stuff. Mm-hmm. But I was always I was really discouraged because I. M- First of all, my roommate that was living with me at the time is like a is a proper musician. He had built like a proper studio downstairs. So I was just like, oh, we should like just collaborate and make me a beat or something. Mm. And it never happened. And <laughs> then, I, then I was just like, well, I should be able to make one myself. And I wound up just like buying a beat online like multiple times to like do these things. Mm. I was just like, this is so stupid, man. Why am I like buying a a song to like my own lyrics more than anything the create creative outlet for me was like the writing and the the vocal part but yeah, you definitely make a beat but i want to learn how to do that stuff and yeah i just want to have a lot of i want to have like a, we got to get we got to get uncle steve back in the friggin cockpit again bro dude we got to get uncle steve on the bass drops dude. we almost had him in playing a live at the lodge episode but then uh good old tom cants but big old uh tom cants uh, said Tom can't stay any longer. <laughs> Tommy said he can't stay. And um, but he's coming back, and Steve's coming out of retirement. Yeah, how you feeling about that, Steve? You feel good about that? You feel ready about that? You feel ready about that? I only said I'd do it the one time. No, come on, come on, man. Why wouldn't you? Wouldn't it be fun, or would it not be? I don't know. Or would it be like? Would you be? Do you feel like you'd be super self conscious about it? Maybe. Huh. I don't know. Yeah. So just too many. I, I've tried to think about like what, if there's anything in my life that I've like stopped doing that I would go back to and feel a way about, but I, I don't, I can't really relate it to myself. I think if I w- just did it like the one time, it'd be fun, but going, trying to go back full on would be a thing. Do you think that you, like, uh, Mike Tyson recently came out of retirement to have a boxing match? Did he yeah. do it? And he hadn't worked out for like 10 years. Awesome. And, uh, mm-hmm. his wife was like, Hey, you know, you're kind of fat. <laughs> and, uh, so he started getting back on the treadmill and he said that like 15 minutes turned into two and a half hours. 
and then he he said i think it was on the rogan podcast <clears throat> the gods of war have like touched my serpent <laughs> you know, like some crazy mike tyson thing and and now he has like the the eye of the tiger oh geez yeah i mean it's a little different where it's it you know he was elite in the best of the best in the world and retired because he had to uh and is getting a fat paycheck i got neither of those things so right but i think maybe what i'm unpacking from your spot is like i'm either i'm, I'm not just it's tough because you put so much heart and energy into something to not do that to to not put that same exact energy into it again mm -hmm. right like it'd be it would almost be disrespectful to the time you spent digging into the craft to just like whimsically like pick up a base and screw around is that am i pack, unpacking that correctly no i mean i think just like if i took out the base and just kind of played it it'd be what it is and be fun and I think it'd be fun to play with Tom for sure just for like the nostalgic stake but I'm not gonna like join a band again well yeah that's not what we're asking you to do we're just trying to we're just asking you to pick up the bass every so often when we do the Tom Petty sh uh, live with the Lodge episodes bro come on three notes three notes dude three notes and, and the, the truth, truth. <laughs> yeah I think uh, I think it'd be great man I don't think I don't know maybe there's like a part of you that almost feels like, well, if I do pick it up, I kind of want to like fully embrace it and like dive back into it. And maybe you just don't know. I don't know. It's probably just like a fear of the unknown. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. I just haven't done it. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to hear you slap that bass when you get it going, dude. <laughs> it's going to be nice. I wish I could play any instrument. Well, man, you guys are good musicians. Slap that Hugo boss. I started playing bass when I was like sixth grade and that was the instrument because my brother was in this, uh, a reggae band oh sweet called dub tribe mm -hmm. and uh the bassist in that band super <laughs> cool dude <laughs> his name is sean fairchild came on to play in los fancy lads matter of fact shout out to sean shout out to sean shout out to sean fairchild what's he um, doing now he's like <laughs> plays bass still really yeah he's still a bassist he's like where's he, he actually like reached out to me and wanted to be on this podcast and i was like that's kind of probably a cool idea and you just um, didn't hit him back I was just like, dude, we're busy. <laughs> Sorry, Sean. We're 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 not. Andy Sorry, bro. We got Alex Boyle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, no, we can have him on. He's he's awesome, dude. Uh, and he was like truly such a cool inspiration because Tony was in like my my middle brother was in like ninth grade, a freshman, and this kid was uh, uh, like a sauce junior or something. And Chris Taylor, who went on to go be the bassist for Grizzly Bear. Do you guys know that band? Oh, yeah. yeah you were yeah. telling me he about He was like our back. He was our neighbor. Yeah. He grew up yeah. behind us. And uh, Whatever happened to that band? They still doing the thing? I don't know. That would be a question for probably. my brother, Tony. Um, probably. Festivals. I, I think he's done a bunch of stuff. I think he wrote a book. Um, I'm still like relatively close with his sister, Carrie. Super cool people uh, and an ultra talented musician. But he played sax in high school. And this kid, Sean, played bass. And, and he, he was the bassist and the lead singer. So I always thought that was so cool because I was just like, oh, dude, the lead singer plays bass. Like, I want to play bass and be the lead singer. So I went and got uh, bass guitar lessons, and it was awesome. I was like, dude, not Grizzly Bears, the real bears, dude. Do they, <laughs> do they sound, do they, uh, yeah, do they spell it? Does it, wow, wow. Like, hey, man, I look for your. Yeah, that's uh, Chris right there in the middle in that picture. This cat right here? He, yeah. 
handsome little buck. He's got a strong chin. Yeah, he looks chin. like Leonard Caps, dude. Yeah, we had some good times growing up. Let's see. The last thing seemingly they put out was three years ago, maybe. Got some other stuff in here. Oh, one year ago. You know who else I'm? You know who else I used to be close with uh, growing up? Who lived in my neighborhood was. Um, oh, seven months ago they just played on KCRW. Oh, sweet. So they're still around doing the thing. Um, oh wait, no, this is Grizzly Bear 2009. Mm. So yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm sure he's still active in a bunch of different areas, but uh, um, yeah, there was there was another couple really kids cool that, records. that we were really close with growing up. Uh, Pete and Tim Wilson that started the band Ivan and Alyosha. Oh yeah, yeah, I know those cats. Yeah, we were listening yeah. to them the other day at your house. Um, Good people. Super cool, man. Yes, a lot of talent came out of that little Mill Creek town that I grew up in. It's cool. But I want to be, yeah, I want, I want to, I want to uh, get yeah. some some studio stuff and start making some beats, man. Start throwing my music on the world, world wide web. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I'm super yeah. looking forward to you throwing some shit on the world. Dude. World Wide Web. We can debut it on this podcast. Sweet, man. Yeah. I don't I don't I don't know if it's gonna be anything that I'm proud of. But I've I, been I've been making music for twelve years. I'm yeah. not proud of a single thing that I've ever done. <laughs> That's fucking, not true. Fucking oath. <laughs> I'm proud of it like I'm proud of it like the day and a half after I do it, and then like you get about three months out from it and I'm like that's terrible. Hey, folks. Today, our episode is brought to you in part by our good friends at Ladder Coffee. Head to laddercoffee.com and you can order beans directly from the brewer, as well as some of this beautiful cold brew. Locally owned and operated out of Spokane, Washington. Check it out. Ladder Coffee. I'm jacked! Is there one song in your catalog that you are like most proud of yeah i mean that's yeah i'm being facetious there's plenty of songs i'm very proud of um hey those are my socks i always wear your socks sorry i changed the subject but those are my type right. of teasies dude <laughs> yeah they've been in my they've been in my <laughs> I'm, I, it's i'm just i'm only announcing this because i'm always wearing something of alan's and yeah. he's never wearing anything of mine so i honestly take it as a compliment that you're wearing something of mine <laughs> yeah i didn't know whose they were they were just in my drawer and i was like hey those are pretty fly dude tapatio socks you could have them <laughs> nice <laughs> although my toes are sweating just for the record alan and julian share socks and underwear yep you can cool. get them signed if you go to the Patreon. Yeah, we got them up on <laughs> eBay for you, you too. <laughs> Dude, I'll mail you these exact si- socks if you sign up to the Patreon for at least a twenty-five dollar pledge. Those are nice, dude. They look good. They look great on you. Thank with, you. With the, your skin tone, they they're, they're uh, nice. They look really nice. Yeah, I'm beige. God, I love fucking hot sauce, man. Fucking love hot sauce. I'm excited tonight. We got a dinner planned. We're going to a local restaurant that apparently has the greatest wings that. Best wings in the area. Wow. Best They're wings fantastic. in the area. That's great. Dibali. Um, sorry, I didn't mean I to switch. I can't wait. I can't either. It's gonna be great. We're gonna we have a good we have a good time planned ahead of us <laughs> for tonight. Um, but I didn't mean to divert that that question. It was, is there a song in your catalog that you feel really proud of? Like specifically, like one. Mm, yeah. Sure. Um. <laughs> Sure, I'll take one. Uh, there's a song. There's plenty of songs that I'm re- still really proud of. I'm just wondering, yeah. like, if there's one that you're like, that's the like, that's the one that I 
I'm, uh, it's really hard. I wrote question. a song called Circle that yeah, I think cool. is yeah, like circle. one of the coolest like mm-hmm. ideas yeah. mm-hmm. that I've probably ever had and, and written. Yeah, um, I like that song a lot. Uh, yeah, sym- Symmetrical Love. I wrote mm-hmm. a song called Symmetrical Love that I mm-hmm. think is like a pretty interesting idea. A lot of geometry in your... Uh, in your uh, Just in that, so- in that record music. radius, yeah, right. I was kind of infatuated with with angles and symmetry and shapes and how they relate to life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm proud of every single song on this last record. I think there's all, they're all great pieces of, of music. Um, Mm -hmm. but I think just naturally you, another good one. Oh yeah, that's another mm-hmm. one that I've written that I think is cool. Uh, I think just naturally you look back on things that you've done in the past and you're like, oh, just because so you, better, you, right. you you're, you're better. You're, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. And I'm, but I'm still thankful for all those things. Like the song "Unaware" is, I'm, I'm, I've had, I have a career because of that song. I know it's, it's like a interesting. Th- you know, three minute little. I wrote that song in like four hours in a studio in LA and that song changed my life you know like I I've had to sing the highest note I can possibly reach every (laughs) concert of my life for the last 12 years um but it's taught me it's given me a career it's given a lot of I think a lot of people joy um I listen back to the recording and I don't go like oh wow listen to that vocal performance uh, but you have to um, be thankful for that for that piece. Personally, I have to be thankful for that piece. I am thankful for that piece because of how much impact it's had on the life I've led in the last twelve years. You know, yeah. It's like giving me. It's a. It was a gift. Because really, it's interesting with art. You're not. People say, "Oh, it's, we're creating." It's like, yeah. Kind of, you're like reorganizing, sort of. How do you mean? Well, like, I didn't come up with the instruments that I play. I didn't write the language that I speak. I didn't invent, like, the frequencies that are audible to the human ear. Like, essentially what I'm doing is taking crafts that have already been uh, made. Uh Obviously, like, human audible sound is not... Nobody can take credit for that right we were just given but like a guitar or a piano or a computer like we utilize so many things that have just been passed down to us that what we're doing now with creating art there's nothing like totally original because you're just taking instruments that have whether it's video or picture or a good plot even right like you're kind of just taking what you've seen and recycling it and hoping that you add an, enough of a difference that you can put your name on it and you don't get sued later you know mm-hmm. um but there's i don't i think it's i think creation is like anyways it's semantics do you, do but you, well do you feel like you're innovative in your approach to being creative or do you feel like I try to be, but there's also moments where, uh, yeah, I try to always be different, like do things that I haven't seen or maybe 
but it all comes from inspiration. Mm-hmm. You know, like it all comes from one of the coolest shows I ever saw was this guy named James Blake. I think you're with me at Coachella. And just like the way that this guy completely flipped soul music on its face and really pushed that thing forward, in my opinion. Um, it was just really inspiring. I think it's that same day we saw Janelle Monet. Janelle Monet, yeah. I was like, holy shit, man. Like, yeah. what a performer. <clears throat> what an epic performer. I just want, I just, whenever I do anything, I want to create that emotion that I've felt mm-hmm. for other people. Like, I think that's what the spine of the motivation to create really is, is like, you've been touched by the, by the fairy, yeah. right? You've been like, you felt how deeply art or creation or anything, whether it's food, whether it's building a house, what, you know, like when you are inspired, it's really, you're just like touched by the, whatever wizard of that specific craft is, or maybe it's just a, an overarching wizard of just creation and like the human experience to want to make more things. Yeah. And it's made you feel so epically deep from whatever that craft is, food, you know, construction, that you want to instill that same feeling in other people. And I think if you, cre- if you can create, so, sorry, if you can recycle <laughs> from that same place, from that place, um, I think it's a really good place to, to do it from. Yeah. Um, well, I think there's, um, I think it's easy, to, it's easy to say this now because we haven't dug into it. It, and it's easy to speak to something that we haven't invested our time and energy into, but I, but there's a, a big incentive to make a, a movie, an album slash movie, um, in, in, with that approach, taking that from like, we've been making these movies, right. And they're kind of these kitschy little things that are funny and we do, you know, Christmas songs or boy band songs or whatever, and they're covers, um, because we figured out a, a way to make that work, but in an approach moving forward that we want to kind of tap into is this new innovative kind of creative thing that none of us have ever really dove into. Mm. Um, and I think by holding on to that approach of hoping to like, you know, recycle in the best way that we can from the inspiration that we've taken, um, there's a real opportunity to do something super, super special with that concept that we have in mind that we're going to do. Um, and I think knowing that is two things. It's fucking scary as shit. Cause it's like, Jesus, like, what are we, what's it going to be? Like, how are we going to mm. do this? But two, it's just like really encouraging. Cause it's just like, dude, we can do anything we fucking want to do with this thing. And you can put out a record and I think there's, I think there's incentive for you to put out a record in that medium because it's just like, it's, you know, it's not being done a lot and it's not something that it's, 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 and, and how do people even listen to music anymore nowadays? So to attach it to a movie, to, to attach it to a narrative and a, and a storyline and to really like craft an album with a story as an arc to it is going to be a really, um, is going to be a really cool task to put on yourself and myself as a as as a writer for a, a, the narrative of it all and and i don't know i think it's uh it's going to be like the coolest opportunity to, to try and create something from that innovative 
desire that we want to have as as creative people and i'm sure we're going to recycle a lot i'm sure we're going to take inspiration from like this person and that person and this movie that we saw and that artist that you listen to and but yeah i mean at the end of the day i think it'll take a lot of uh invention from ourselves to come up with it's gonna take a lot of learning for sure yeah which is the funnest part about it but the place that place that i always come from is is Attempting to try and impress myself, uh, as well as the others or the other people around me that I care about their opinions, while also doing something that I believe will bring an amount of joy to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, that's always, I think, the best combination of emotion to to start from when you create anything and that that idea that you know we've been stewing on it for a while it makes me excited makes me excited to like try that yeah like what does that look like what is that that's the craziest thing about creating anything it's just it, it starts as just an idea and then you know what what was once just like not even an idea are now two films that we have done since this pandemic started. And you know, it's just like, Oh wow. They just start as this like little seed. That's like, what if we did an album that was a movie a year from now or however long it is going to take, hopefully not too long, it'll be done. And it'll be like, I just, I mean, I'm proud of everything that we've done thus far. I can't imagine I wouldn't be anything but just thrilled and even more proud of this thing because it's going to be that much more challenging uh, but to, but to just like foresee that I almost don't even want to, because I'm so excited to like experience the process of doing it and, and the learning curves that, that come with it. Yeah. And I think, I think that, um, what's funny is that I get focused on the outcome quite a bit. And I think that that can help creative processes because when you get into the thick of it, it's like legitimate work and that can be daunting. But if you look on the other side of it, which is how it's going to make you feel, how it's going to make people you care about feel, um, how it's going to look, how it, what the story is going to be like, just any creative venture. If you keep your eyes focused on that and then, and be probably like working out while listening to something like working out while you're not distracted is so much harder than working out to music or working out with a Netflix documentary in front of you. Right. Yeah. You get into those modes where you're just like, okay, it comes repetition and it's almost a Zen state that you find while working out, mm-hmm. but you can. It's the same with, I think creation too is that you if you focus on the things of the project that are going to make you most excited or make other people happy the work even though at times it's like jeez man like the certain albums that I've done or certain creative projects that I've done certain tours I've done where good man like you get halfway through it and you still know like you have a perspective of how much work you have left to do it's like 
attempting to trick yourself to focus on the outcome is can be super helpful um do you think if you if you stripped away the desire to make it good for anybody besides yourself it would still be good Mm, yeah i think so because i my experience as a human is not abnormally different from other people who walk on earth Mm -hmm. um but do you think that that's a possible approach to take for you to be like i'm gonna do this i'm gonna make something only i like of doing it like from my heart from a place that like i believe in not because like it's gonna have any other the impact will be a byproduct of that approach right maybe if if that's what happens but um I think you can get a little bit in the weeds at times if you're just doing something that is only meant for you because, um, I mean, I think it's, especially when it comes to music, uh, you know, my understanding of music, my time spent with music is, uh, there's a lot more hours there than most people. And so what gets me off as a musician um, just flies right over people's head who don't have the time spent that I do. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think there's a balance there for sure, especially with with music and also with with movies. Yeah, Um, I think that it should be digestible. It shouldn't you shouldn't if you want to just make art for yourself. Great go for it go do another job that pays you enough to just go make art but if you're like making art for the masses if that's what your goal is then you should think about the masses you should think about who's going to digest this and how they're going to hear it and how they're going to see it and um you should also like it yourself you shouldn't make something you don't dig but uh i think there is a delicate balance there between what you think is incredible and and what people will get. But maybe that's but maybe people don't know that they like something yet because they haven't experienced it. And I guess that's what I'm Yeah, that's a good point. You know. Um Yeah, and it's a, it's a valid point. I think that uh There's definitely weight weight to that perspective, but um maybe I, you don't even know you like it yet because you haven't experienced it either. You haven't done it. And that's just where I guess the the whole idea, like the question comes from. It was just like, can you do this just from your own heart for yourself? And like, because I see people that the people that I admire the most, I'm just like, I don't, I can't imagine that they're like, all right, I'm making these choices because I know that like the public is going to agree with these choices. It seems to be the opposite of that where they're like, I'm going to, I'm going to do exactly what I'm going to do. And I'm going to kind of be a, uh, rebel in that sense and just kind of go against the grain and do something completely different that I haven't done before. And like who, um, I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to, uh, I don't know. P- Pablo Picasso, uh, like uh, artists that are, um, I'm trying to think of like artists that I really like actors, f- for instance, that I really, that I really, uh, admire a lot and watch their choices. I, I, I don't see, I've been watching Ozark. So like 
Jason Bateman and Laura Linney are these actors that, of course, the show is like a very popular show and it's, you know, in, on a public platform and it's digestible amongst the masses. But when I watch them act, I'm, I, I, man, they had this scene. I wrote down the scene of the episode I was watching last night because I like want to do it in an acting class at some point because it was so powerful. Um, and I just can't imagine that those choices that they're making are coming from this place of anything but how am I existing in this space right now with you trying to connect and doing this from like this place of my heart and and not from like what's going to, what's going to be the most impressive choice for me to make right now. Cause like I can cry, I can blow up, I can be like really insane, but the what's so powerful about it is that none of those predictable things are happening and it's just like this nuanced thing that's mm. going on inside of them and they're like subtext and i don't know it's like you asked you know who are those people and i i those are just like the first examples that i have which aren't great but there are right like there must be there there yeah there's definitely artists who push the boundary of of art for what's hot currently but um i don't know anybody who's making art for the masses that doesn't consider the masses in some capacity mm-hmm. um i think that that uh i mean the artists that i enjoy the most and i'm speaking from strictly a musical side of things um like the pop music world doesn't really right like touch me in any way shape or form there's a few artists out there that are doing it that i'm like okay i can get down with this is fire but for the most part it's all like placid plastic i've heard this before kind of stuff mm-hmm. um and the artists that i like uh typically don't have commercial viability like they're they're making a living without mm-hmm. question they're making a, a great living but um a radio programmer at you know k-rock in san francisco would hear their stuff and be like yeah this isn't this isn't for our station mm-hmm. um i like that a lot uh but i'm always curious about I think I'm more curious about the people who are still managing to push the envelope of their art while consistently connecting with an audience. I don't know if that's because of their art or, or, or specifically what their art sounds or looks like, or if it's just the, they've put in the work long enough to have the, their pulse on the public. Yeah. I guess I'm just curious if that, that must be a conscious choice for an artist or if disregarding it altogether can still produce the same result. Uh, yeah, yes. And yes, I think it can be, I think uh-huh. both can exist. I think you can consider the public and make stuff that pushes the envelope. And I think that you can completely disregard the public make something that pushes the envelope and get lucky and the public will be stoked about it. Yeah. I mean, look at like, like Gautier. Mm-hmm. 
that song was like the biggest song of all time and it was so not connected to like any traditional yeah i mean it was it was definitely a pop song for sure but uh i doubt that gautier was like under the impression that making that tune was going to garnish him the attention that he got from it um i bet he just made something that he thought was really dope like mm-hmm. and I'm not sure if him and Kimbra did that together or if he made it and she just kind of sang on it but um I think both are possible without question and uh it's really just how you want to approach it there's I I yeah I don't know I don't know there's not a right answer it'll be <clears throat> it'll be interesting to um write with you Yeah I'm excited to to dig into what the story is going to be and where the story comes from. I think I'm most excited to write music with a previously dictated direction. This always happens to me. I get in the studio and like I get in the studio with like a random person, Mm -hmm. like a person that just, you know, I don't know. They had a song on like a somebody's record two years ago that did relatively well at AAA radio and we should get in the studio together and write mm-hmm. cuz maybe there's magic you're, there you you're know? supposed to do something like that. Well, I mean, it's just a, it's, you know, yeah. It's a smart thing to do. It's a strategy. It's a strategy. And you get into the the studio space and I've never had a bad experience, but it's just it's it's an awkward place to create from because you're manufactured a little bit. Not manufactured, but you're like you're trying to make something really good in a specified amount of time with somebody you've never been around before and you're not comfortable with. Um, and the, the one thing that I do like about it is that I, I can't waste other people's time. So I always manage to like work and get something done. And there's been plenty of moments where the thing that I've gotten done has been very successful for me. Um, or just been a song that I really like, whatever the metric of success is, right? Uh, but you go into the space and you get to talking, you know, you like get to know the person. It's fun. It's fun to meet new people and to hang and talk. And well, what are you going through right now? Okay, let's write about that. But you're always, it's always just like you're just grabbing from thin air. And um, I used to write these little comedy songs when I was a young kid, like in high school and stuff. And uh, the there was always a, a direction prior to writing the song. You know, like, I remember my parents, um, it was like their wedding anniversary or they were leaving the, the church that we had grown up in. And so me and my brother were writing a funny song for him, you know. Uh, in high school, we would do these skits during uh, prom week and I could play and sing and so I was kind of always in charge of doing the skits or writing some funny thing and that <clears throat> pre- knowing the direction that we want to go prior to getting there um, was always a really fun place to write from and I've never written from that space mm. before you're always just kind of going into a room and being like alright what just, are we going to do well, now there's, there's a couple moments when I was writing with Tingsek <clears throat> I was just doing all the lyrics mm-hmm. like he would put the track together and then I would go like in one corner of the room and I would just like think about something and write about it. Yeah. 
And so, <clears throat> you know, songs like American Privilege, um, that song I was like, I want to write a song about this. Uh, but to think about having a, like a script with an entire story arc where, okay, we're going to, we need a song for here, for here, for here, mm -hmm. for here, for here, for here. We yeah. need, we need 10 songs and they need to be in these places <clears throat> and getting through the script and going, okay, well the song that we need in slot two needs to be about this. Yeah. <clears throat> Is, um, that kind of gets my lights flickering. Yeah. I, I like the idea of being able to write from that space because it's a direction. Whereas when you walk into a, sometimes it can just be intimidating, like walking. Cause one, I don't, it's hard for me to write without any perception of commercial viability. Yeah. It's like really difficult for me to do that because this is my job. And, um, I want to write things that I'm inspired to write, but I want to write them in a way that like is going to connect with as many people as possible. And so that always manages to find its way into my perception when I write. Uh, but when you're just grabbing from thin air, like, I don't know what the, I don't know if the public's going to like a song about shapes that is actually about mental health. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I just think that's a cool song. Uh, the, the idea of, writing for a purpose, writing for a story, writing yeah. for an arc is kind of really exciting for me. And I'm, I'm excited to at least try it. I might, I'm sure I will fall flat on my face several times, but to at least have that direction and be connected to that direction and not have to like, bro, you've got to write the next, let it be. Yeah. You're right. Like you kind of compare right. what you want to write mm -hmm. based upon like how epic <clears throat> other songs have been. Like, you need to write a song like Kanye's gold digger. Yeah. And this is constantly kind of always what gets chirped about in the music industry. It's like, bro, if you could, you know, just write that Sean Mendez song. <laughs> and what they really want you to do is just like wake up and be as successful as this artist who has this song connected to them. Mm -hmm. But like, if you break the song down to its basic ingredients, it's just a fucking song. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyways. Yeah, I think it's great, man. And I think, I think it's exciting to hear you talk about it as well. But I also feel like your writing of music for that, although yes, it'll come from this like structured script place of like, here's where like what the tone is. Ha this is where we're at in the story. This is here. This is there. I think what's really exciting for me is thinking about <clears throat> the collaborative process in that some of the songs will dictate what the story actually is. So like, it won't just be like, Hey, this is what the story is. So write a song about that. It'll be like, Hey, this is where the story kind of is. Mm. And then like your song will actually like enhance that mm. storyline and like really dictate where that story continues going and, yeah, and is motivated by. <clears throat> yeah. It's interesting too, with topic and musicality, because you can say something and make it sound a certain way. And, the message feels different in a song, right? Cause you, you're able to communicate in two different wavelengths with music, the lyrics and the melody and the, the actual bed of music below it. And, um, I always think it's really cool to write a, like 
from a, in in like a juxtaposition mm, where yeah, the lyrics and the music don't connect. Yeah. <clears throat> and you're you're making the listener have to lean in yeah, like because what too. you're actually really saying is like, Oh damn, like this, this song is about this. Yeah. Like I had no idea that it's about that because the music feels so joyful. Yeah. Oh shit. I didn't realize this is like an uplifting song. It's yeah. like so such dark music. Um, but once again, there's like a delicate dance there, I think, because specifically when you're expressing a story, like, in a visual context through a movie, you can't go too deep into that. Right. Because like the entire perspective of the movie, you need to, you need people to be, to feel connected to it in real time. Mm -hmm. And if you kind of throw them off course, they're like, well, it's it's sort of weird. You can't really do that. You get away with that a little bit more, I think on a record, like in a deep track. Right. But always the songs that you lead with on an album are the ones that are just like pretty straightforward pretty straightforward like this is what the song's about the music uh incites that specific feeling and um fucking bob's your uncle bob's your uncle (laughs) you ever heard that expression no uh maybe but maybe i just never really understood what it was i still don't understand what it was it's like an australian term (laughs) have you heard taz say that before steve I've heard the expression. Yeah, you know, and we're going to go down there to the park and go down the slides and maybe pick up some ice cream and, you know, fucking Bob's your uncle. (laughs) Like, what? I guess it just means like, and also maybe Bob's your (laughs) uncle. Yeah, I never never, uh, have have heard or used it. But uh, that was a good uh, good little meeting about our movie that we're going to eventually make. (laughs) <laughs> or are we just complete idiots over here, Steve? You just listen to us talk. Do we sound like morons or what? Yes and yes. Yeah, of course. Bob's right. your uncle. Bob is your uncle. <laughs> Touche. Touche. Fucking Pete Rose sliding in face first, baby. Yeah, it just means like, uh, uh, and there you have it. That, like, totally. There it is. You know, like, and Bob's your uncle. Like, that's it. Mm-hmm. And there you have it. Yeah, that's a really great description of what it act because that is actually what it is. That's And there you have it. Yeah. Bob's your uncle. Bob's your uncle. That'll be the name of this podcast episode. Perfect. Great. See yeah. ya. <laughs> I'm getting an aquarium. <laughs> I'm getting an aquarium. I, I, dude, honestly, that is what I'm going to get. Yeah, it's oh, not a bad idea, man. Hands. That's my pet. Fish. Yeah, you I, can get a pet. You still got to take care of fish. Take care I know. Of fish. Well, I know, but that's, that's doable for me. I think you can get automatic fish feeders, too. I'm sure they got some I, sort well, of I kinda, like I Alexa like, th- enabled. Well, well I, I've always wanted. I, I mean, <laughs> it, it's. Feed my fish. I, think it's I, I think it would be like for what I want. I think it would be pretty expensive because uh, I want to get like an in the wall mm. like aquarium mm. kind of thing, like not you know Deuce Bigelow styles. Maybe Deuce Bigelow. Uh, yes, Deuce Bigelow styles. I would hope that you I could see. afford a house first before you get an in wall uh, aquarium. Yeah. I know. Yeah, right. It's like, dude, I just dropped 25 G's on this in wall. I was on fucking, I was on fucking Aquarium Kings, bro. Discovery Channel. Check out my episode. Spent the entire rate all on the aquarium. Now oh, I can't man. access it from any room in my house. Freshwater, saltwater. I mean, saltwater would be rad. Woo. I think it's got to be, how, it doesn't have to be a relatively larger size of an aquarium in order for it to be saltwater. Probably. I mean, I if I can just get like a standing one, I, I'd like to get one. But if it's just going to be like some, you know, thing like the size of this, that's not really I have a cool. feeling that uh, 
some sort of terrible like mistake would happen and you would like flood the entire building. <laughs> I mean, that sounds on brand for good old JP crescendo over here. Speaking of on brand last night, I, uh, Rudy's obsessed with my, um, pressure washer. And every day, if we like even look out the window, you get daddy, broom, broom, please, please, broom, broom, please, please. Like he's just obsessed with it. So I promised him that I, when I got home from work, I will get out, get out the broom, broom. He remembers too, huh? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And so we, I get home and like, I need to clean out my hot tub. Hot tub got a little greasy. We use it every day. So like it got pretty gross and i you know i pump out the water and then i pressure wash it get all the grimies out of there uh and so last night i'm like all right i clean out the hot tub tonight whatever and get out the pressure washer empty the hot tub rudy it's hilarious too because rudy i think rudy just likes to like shout as loud as he can without hearing himself mm-hmm. i think that's maybe what it is because the pressure washer is so loud He's like standing 30 feet back on the porch on top of a seat, just yelling at the pressure washer. <laughs> I clean out the hot tub and I'm like, okay, we're done. Put the hose back in. Go in. Oh, it's dinner time. Great. Dinner time. I got to put Rudy down and get in the hot tub. Then my Wi-Fi. Then I've been I've been wanting to fix my Wi-Fi for like the last three oh, yeah, three weeks. God. That was so then I get down on this Wi-Fi trail. <laughs> three hours later, I forget that I turned the hose on to oh, like no. fill up the tub. I go outside, bro. The tub is like overflowing. overflowing. <laughs> oh, it must have been overflowing for at least an hour. Jesus. Oh, so back I, to being green, right? Yeah, super. <laughs> the conversation. Super watered all the grass. <laughs> I needed to ask Alan a question last night, and I fucking mudslide, dude. You live on a hill. <laughs> yeah, seriously. It's all basalt, bro. We're staying there forever. Spokane's flooded. Um, yeah, I needed to ask you a question last night, and I came downstairs. <laughs> I didn't know where you were. You were down in your basement, just looking like you were ready to fucking chop your face off oh, you were so, so pissed just looking at the wi-fi yeah, i was so funny but <laughs> i figured it out i mean i knew exactly what i was doing but i just it's like <laughs> it's just that face of frustration like you have, your downstairs basement is just like because your whole house is smart and so like your basement is just like plugs and cords and cables and th- yeah th- i mean the, things the, that i don't understand the at word all. smart gets tossed around a lot it <laughs> might be completely you have stupid. a house that's like voice activated so like you ha- all of your stuff is just like i don't know how to operate there's a couple cool tricks in my house <laughs> but mostly it's all very normal yeah well there there is a brain behind all of that and it's downstairs when alan has to actually deal with it and <gasps> the faces that he makes while he's actually trying to put it together are hilarious it's actually really kind of uh reflective of my experience right yeah because my house looks your basement looks like your brain your house exactly your house is where you your house is the presentation of the house's presentation of my own life the basement is a fucking chaotic (laughs) and that's literally the reflection of my mind yeah Yeah. my mind is like constantly going like ah yeah yeah it's just got like ethernet cables coming out of my ear of drums oh my god but clay you go up to the living room you're like hey man 
everything's looking pretty pretty great here around here. You go down to the basement, you're like getting ready for Leatherface to come around the corner because it's just yikes. That's awesome, man. Yeah, your your uh, your cable game is strong. <laughs> and down there, it's really weak. My cable management is on point in every other room of the house except that basement. I'm gonna have to tackle it someday, but I gotta. Can you guys help me? Nope. I need to move some shit. Steve, you got there. that? No, I'm terrified of his basement. I've been yeah. in there. Come on, guys. Dude, you're coming over tonight, man. Slumber party. I hope you guys have one. Yeah, I don't think so. Steve goes to bed at 6 a.m., bro. Who cares? I wake up at 6 a.m. <laughs> I got to go to bed at some point. <laughs> um, for everybody who's listened all the way to the end, good God. <laughs> good God. <laughs> we love you. Thank you so much for uh, sticking with us. Uh, stay tuned, stay blessed, and stay well. Bob's your uncle. <laughs> oh, boo-boo, did you just make it to the end of the video? Yes, you did. Do you want to see more videos just like this one, huh? Do you? Well, then head over to patreon.com slash live at the lodge where you can support the how goods of this podcast as well as the entire live at the lodge family. Yep, yeah, you're going to get exclusive merch, personalized shout-out videos. Me and Jules, we're going to show up at your house and baptize your nephew, huh? Check it out, patreon.com slash live at the lodge. lodge.